Welcome to Rework, a podcast by Basecamp about the better way to work and run your business. I'm your host, Sean Hildner, and as always, I'm here with Basecamp's co-founders and the authors of Rework, Jason Fried and David Heinemeyer Hansen. To start, let's address why it's so noisy. We're in a co-working slash studio space in downtown Miami, and we're here for a company-wide meetup, you know, a chance to meet and hang out with our colleagues face-to-face. You know, pre-pandemic, we would do this a couple times a year and always in Chicago. But Jason, what, what is the history of meetups at Basecamp? When did, when did this tradition start? So I don't remember when we started getting together, but I remember we used to do a few meetups far away. Even though we had a location in Chicago, we went to Maine once. We went to Kohler, Wisconsin. That was kind of a fun one. We went to San Diego, I think, as well. I think those are the three away ones. And then we just said, you know, we got this big office in Chicago and then we started doing these Chicago meetups. But I was just talking to Andrea about how nice it is actually to go somewhere else. Everyone's pretty much away from home. And there's, I think, more of a sense of camaraderie when like 15 people like we had in Chicago would go home at the end of the day and the rest would go to a hotel. It was sort of this weird split. So I like this idea of having away meetups. We have no choice now. It is expensive. It's like basically our, our rent for the year per meetup for five days, but it's, it seems to be very worth it. I think people are really enjoying it quite a bit. Why? Why is meeting up in person so necessary? David, you want, you want to take this one? I think even though we've been a remote company basically since the beginning, there's always been that appreciation that the human connection matters. You can't just forever reduce someone to an avatar and expect good, caring, nice, collaborative results because those connections are fragile. It takes less to knock something off course when you haven't met someone in person. You don't have as deep of a bond as you would if you've had a meal with them, if you've laughed with them face to face. And it's funny because we spend so much of our time basically saying, do you know what? That's not necessary to do every day. And it's not. You don't need to do this every day. In fact, I'd go crazy if this was just a normal week at the office. I don't know how many weeks I would last, but the number is probably three. But you don't need to do it every day. But you do need to do it. And I think that was a realization that may been made crystal clear over the past two and a half years when we were unable to do it. That that is basically the longest stretch of time where we have not been able to meet up as a company in more or less the entire history of the company. In the beginning, we were focused around Chicago mainly. And then as soon as we started becoming remote, we started doing these kinds of meetups. So having seen what happens and how these connections kind of deteriorate or or just grow less over the two and a half years, just reinforce how important it is. You got to meet sometime. It doesn't have to be all the time, but you got to meet sometime. And for us, we found historically the cadence of twice a year was a good cadence. We tried more than that, and it was like, yeah, that's a little much. And we tried one time, we just did it once a year, and like, yeah, that's not quite enough. So here we are. The other thing that's become very clear to me this week is we are a better company this week than we were last week. Like, I feel like just being together with everybody levels the company up. Again, like, David, I couldn't do this all the time, but you don't need to. And also, I think the scarcity makes it more special. The fact that we do it maybe twice a year, these two weeks a year are really special weeks. And they're coming to a close now. So like we leave tomorrow. And I think I'm already kind of m- going to miss it, even though like I'm also tired, you know, from, from all the interaction. But we're better. I think we're more understanding of each other already. I think we, we know it. Of course, we know everybody who's here better. We got to meet people we've never met before. And there's there are closer connections. This is like a 
what neuroplasticity or something like that. It's like our, our collective brains have gotten smarter and we form more connections. And I think that's just incredibly valuable and impossible to simulate any other way. In fact, you couldn't do this remotely, like via Zoom. It just wouldn't work. It'd probably be worse. People would be not looking forward to getting together on Zoom every day like this. So this has been wonderful. And, and I also like, there's what a dozen people or so that aren't, weren't able to make it. And, um, just to think about having even more people here would be, would be wonderful. So hopefully next time we'll get to see everybody who could make it this time. What kind of stuff do we do here? What, what does the meetup look like? Yeah. People always ask that. And it's, um, it's basically like, this is a little bit different. We're pretty scheduled this time. We're normally, we're not quite as scheduled, but, uh, the first day there's kind of like an all hands in the morning, David and I give a talk. Elaine gave a talk. Elaine's our new COO. And then um, in the afternoon, people, other people gave talks about like hobbies or special interests that they're into, which is kind of cool. We do a lunch and we do a company meal on Monday night. And then um, we've got a couple things scheduled the other days, but it starts to loosen up. But then we have some planned activities in the afternoon people can choose to do if they want. Um, there's some, some uh, group meals, smaller group meals. We broke into the pool last night. So that was, a, that was another thing that we did. <laughs> and uh, that was fun. But it was mostly, um, you know, mostly I, th- I think like the, f- the week is front loaded with sort of work stuff. And then as the week goes on, it's more and more free time and more and more small teams and people just kind of hanging out and having the social connections. And I think that's pretty good mix, actually. Yeah, I think people would be surprised how little this week is focused on work. Yeah, the work is not in center as the most important thing. The work is a facilitator in some contexts for people to spend time together, such that they can recharge those social batteries. We talked about the, the, the social battery and it doesn't have to be crazy at work. And I think that's what I really feel like. We've just been plugged into a high capacity charger and you can just see it go up. It's like, oh, well, maybe you were at uh, 60% with someone and now you're at 85 and someone else you were at 80 with, you're now at 90. And I think that just gives you a sense that it's not just about this week. It's about the next six months. It's about the next time I reach out to a person who I just laughed with for an hour at dinner. It's different. Yeah. And you don't have to have as much of a dance because now we already have that high bandwidth connection uh, and it makes everything easier and it makes it more fun too. You know you work with real people who are real human individuals and have their interests and have their quirks and have their humor. And I think... If you don't have that, it becomes transactional quite easily. Right. And that's not a fun, engaging way to work in the long term. You can. I mean, part of this pandemic has shown just how, uh, I was about to say easy, but it hasn't been easy, how possible it's been for companies to work this way, um, even in a sort of transactional way. But why would you want to? If you actually have the option of saying, I can work with, with a flat avatar, I just know as this person on the computer, or I can work with a bunch of people who have had an opportunity to um, go go-karting with, for example, as I'm going to do later this uh, afternoon or have a meal with or something else. It's very clear what I think people would prefer. And again, the magic here, at least for me, is that we can combine that with a company that have people from 16 different countries. We're going to be close to 70 people in about five minutes. That size of a, a, a company, we can do these things a couple of times a year. And it's like, it's not the same. And for some people, it's fair to remark that like, they probably would like this every week. 
Like their ideal version of, of coming to work would be like, hey, it's kind of meetup every week. I think those, those are not in the majority at Basecamp. We've sort of ended up with a collection of people who um, also like their own space and like their own time and so forth. But um, even those people, no matter how introverted you are, no matter how much you like and protect your own time and so on, I think every single one who've been here this week have gone like, ah, I really needed that. The other thing I'll add is that um, whatever the activity, it, it gives everybody a chance to have a shared experience. Work-related or not work-related, you just simply can't really have a shared... You can't actually have an experience remotely, really. It's just not the same. Um, but, like, but like David said, you know, it, the, the, the nice thing is, is that we can concentrate these experiences in this one week or two weeks a year, which make them extra special. And I think it's a really wonderful way to actually like level up the experience by not having it that frequently. You know, it's, it's like anything that's scarce. You just appreciate it more when you have it because you know it's not going to last that long. I think today especially, it seems like there's a lot of emotion and people are really glad to see each other. And it's very obvious today that that's the case. So it's been, it's been a wonderful week. A lot of newer companies maybe starting out remote read your book and are feeling like this thing is really possible. And we're saying you need to meet up, but you might not have the Miami money to do it. Are there any tips you can give to a small company looking to meet up on a budget? Yeah, I think... Um one of the things that's challenging is if you have people all over the world that can get instantly expensive, right? Just like anything, you know, you kind of just don't spend more than you can. So you have to make it work. And maybe if it's one time a year, maybe you can have regional meetups. Like, you know, let's say you have a number of people in Europe and a number of people in the US. I know these are big regions, but you can, you know, have the people in the US meet somewhere and the people in Europe meet somewhere. And it's not quite the same, but it's better than nothing. Things like that. I think we've seen, I, we've already seen some people uh, do that here, which is to have a little bit of a regional meetup just to have like in, in between the big ones. That's a nice thing to do. It's an investment. I think it's an investment, not an expense. I really do. And of course, you can't, you, if you don't have the money to invest, you can't invest either. I, I understand all that, but I would look at it as an investment. For us, we don't have an office. So like we used to pay rent, you know, quarter million bucks a year, or whatever in rent. And now we can put that into this. But I do think thinking about it of an investment mindset, it becomes easier to say it's going to be worth it now and later. It pays off consistently over time. And what what's the alternative? I mean, the alternative is like distance and sort of isolation and, and you lack that connection. And then that that will pay negative dividends over time. So you want to kind of get in the positive dividend side of it. That's my initial mindset. That's how I think about it. I would also say that like, this is better. This is much better. But clearly, the pandemic has shown like you can still build a company even if this is not possible for the first six months, for the first 12 months, for the first 18 months, or for the first two years. I mean, Jason and I didn't see each other for the first 18 months, maybe, at least. Maybe, actually, more. Maybe it was two years, actually. Um, it was quite a while. I think the other thing is the value of this in some way is proportionate to the number of people you have at the company. If you are just four people, it is not the same necessity to do it. It's still very nice to have. But when you get to 50 or 65 or 70 or whatever, it becomes much more important because there's a bunch of people who don't have that regular day-to-day -day direct interaction. We're working together five hours a day on the same thing at the same time. And I think it's those relationships that are a little more infrequent that have a greater danger of ending up transactional. I just need something from the lawyer, from finance, from HR, from whatever. I don't talk to them every week. Maybe I don't even talk to them every month. I don't really have a concept of them as a person at all versus 
startup that's just starting out, you are four people, you are five people, six people, and you're working remotely. You're being closely knit in a different way just through that work where having the in-person thing is a nice to have. But by the time you get to be a bigger company, I'd say it is a must to have. And also, hey, if you have 10, 15, 20 employees that you're paying salaries, you can afford to do this. Sometimes maybe it's a sacrifice and you can't afford to do some other things. But then, as Jason say, invest in this. So what's the plan for the next one? Cayman Islands or something? Do we have to set up our corporation? There? I don't know. We were talking a little bit about we should probably do one in Europe at some point. We now have more people outside the U.S. than inside the U.S. Yeah. So actually our bias is sort of incorrect in a sense. One of the reasons we did pick Miami was because it's easy for everyone, easy enough for everyone to get to. Yeah. You know, people in Europe, not that far Eastern coast, you know, uh, international city, a lot of flights, that kind of thing. And if you're in the U.S., even on the West Coast, it's not terribly far. So I think it's a the East Coast of the U.S. is, or, or you know, of course, Western Europe, kind of the East Coast of, well, the West Coast of Europe. It's sort of the same kind of thing. It's like on the edge, which might be a nice thing. But I think we'll do that. We should probably take advantage of, of places. So if we're going to do one in the fall, it'd be nice to do one where there's fall colors, something like that. You know, maybe if we, if we went back to Maine or somewhere in Europe where that's going on, like that would be nice. I think that's a nice thing to do is to play off the, the timing and the place. Uh, and this time of year right now, it's, it's you know, March pretty cold in most places. So Miami was nice. Yeah. Miami was nice uh, to get to. So I don't know. We haven't really thought about it. I don't know when we're going to do the next one. Maybe it's usually six months apart. So what, October, something like that could be interesting. Is there anything you would change now that we've done our first away meetup at this size? This isn't really a critique, but more of an observation. We, we I think overscheduled. There's this tendency to want to pack things in to a sh- short amount of time because we're only together for four or five days. And I think what's important is to leave enough room for things to happen on their own as well. And that has happened, but I think we were a little bit more scheduled this time. So I would kind of leave it a little bit looser. I'd, I'd probably schedule the first two days and leave the last two or three a little bit looser. Because I think that there's moments where you just realize you want to get together with someone and like, oh, I've got this thing at two and I've got, we got lunch from 12 to one and this thing at two and I don't have time. Yeah. And then the week's over and you kind of miss the opportunity to get together. This is really about getting together. That's what this whole thing is about. And if you can't do that, it sort of isn't quite as valuable. So that's one suggestion I would have is don't try to overschedule things. But do schedule some things, right? There are certain personalities like mine, for example, who, you know, if left to my own devices, I might just stay in the hotel room and yeah. my social anxiety won't allow me to do these kinds of things unprompted. I'm shocked that you have social anxiety. You, of all, of all people. Um, no, I get it. I, I, yes, scheduling is important. The scheduled events have been wonderful. It's just a matter of the other thing that is important is making sure you have time for things that weren't planned for. Because when you see people you haven't seen in a long time, things bubble up. And you're like, you know, I should hang out with them some more. Or we should talk about this some more. And you don't want to feel like you can't. Now, you don't feel like you can't because you can always not do something that you plan on doing. You right. can mix it up. But... I like the idea of scheduled stuff early in the week and then loosening it up later in the week. That's my tendency or my sense. Also, I think, especially for our organization, which is a lot of introverts, the end of the week gets tiring. And so it's hard. Yeah. I do like, though, that we've scheduled a dinner tonight. Tonight's our last night at the meetup. Yeah. So this is new. This is new. We usually just had one company dinner on Tuesday nights. But now we did one the first day and then like a going away dinner, which is kind of probably going to be nice, too. Well, perfect. I don't think I have anything else. I know David is off to race go-karts or something, and I'm looking to get some pool time in. 
So thanks for sitting down for a quick one, and uh, we'll be back next week with the discussion I promised last time on being a curator. See you all next week.